Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. Thank you again for joining us for the second interview of 2023. I am so excited to have my friend, a past guest on the show, three-time past guest. I think he has been the most recalled person on this show, which is amazing. And he's brought a super cool, powerful guest with him. So I am so excited to introduce you guys to Peter Birkin and Laurence Richard Barger. How are you guys? Doing well, Nalia. Great, Nalia. Thank you. Doing well. Well, you guys know that this podcast is all about giving to yourself unapologetically so that you can help better, you can help people better, you can help others, you don't burn out, that life is really what you want it to be. And today's episode, I'm going to introduce you better to these two gentlemen who, despite life's obstacles, have found a way of doing work that they love all while helping others and hugely successful in doing so. Um, Like I said, Peter Birkin, he is a (laughs) three-time guest here. You can check out his podcast episodes i believe it's 42 43 and 89 where we talk about schizophrenia bullying overcomer overcoming limited beliefs and peter is passionate about eradicating bullying and he's also a passion test facilitator he's so good at it i've done it with him um he helps people live with purpose and sets clear intentions And I mean, I could go on all day. He has done so much, but please go and check out those episodes. I think you will be, um, your eyes will open up and he's, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, And Laurence, we have just met, but I feel like I know you already. So he has sold everything from toner to toothpaste and applesauce to oil wells. He is an award-winning poet, author, trainer, consultant, Laurence went from being depressed and in a hospital bed to making a living out of poetry and helping other people do the same. I've heard so many wonderful things about his consulting, and I can't wait to check out more of what he's done. So guys, where are you tuning in from? Peter, where are you at? I'm in Rochester, New York, between Syracuse and Buffalo, 90 miles south of you, Nelia. Not too far. And we still haven't connected. Not too far. And Laurence, you're also in that area. I'm in Kodak country, the land of Wegmans, Frederick Douglass, and Susan B. Anthony, Rochester, New York. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you again for coming on the show today. This is going to be great. I'm very excited about having you guys on. Thank you for having us, Nalia. Yeah, absolutely. So we all have a story. We all have a journey. And not everyone feels like they can do what they love to do. Not everyone feels like they have skills and um, things that can really help people out of their depression, out of their adversity, out of all of these things that happen to them in their life. And we're here to show them that that's not true, you know? So Laurence, um, seeing as you're my new guest here, maybe we'll go with you first. So, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Well, okay. Let's see. Uh, I started uh, my career uh, when I was six years old, helping my father sell stuff in his direct marketing business. 
And uh, a couple months later, I had my first car accident. Wow. I was crossing the street. Car didn't stop and hit me. I was spent two days in the hospital and almost killed my grandfather. When he saw the news footage, it almost caused him a fifth heart attack. Uh, but it should have killed me, but I'm still alive. Thank goodness. And there were a total of eight others that should have killed me, but I'm still alive. And when I was living in California for like 20 years, the last job I had there was as an oil and gas broker. I was up for sales manager against one of the people who I found out later was the principal's protege, and I never had a chance. But when I lost it, I got real depressed. I wound up on suicide watch, and I got out of it when my parents came and got me out of the hospital. And as soon as we got back to New York, I was in the hospital out here. I spent a year on the ward in a depressive state until I saw an episode of the Rush Limbaugh show, or at least a piece of one. He said nobody in America could save any money anymore. It was during the Clinton administration. And I got upset. I had just come from a situation where I was helping people save money. And I told my nurse I could figure at least 36 ideas. And she told me, Larry, for a year now, you've been depressed. Now you've got a reason to live. I'm going to break protocol. I'm going to get you a pen and a piece of paper, and you're going to write it out. Three months later, I was out of the hospital and on my way back to L.A. I traded uh, marketing services for help with the book to a literary agent. He sent me to a poetry reading to improve my speaking skills, and I haven't looked back since. (laughs) That was uh, in 2004, and I've been a working poet since 1999. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. First of all, I can't believe you've been in that many accidents. That's wow. Somebody's looking after you, huh? Definitely. Wow. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking of you and I I'm trying, you know, when people tell me their stories, I I'm trying to picture because of course I'm not there. I don't know what it's like to be you, but I try to understand it as much as I can. And going through that many accidents, I just, I don't know how I, of course I would be depressed too. Like, I don't know how, um, how to deal with that. So the fact that, you know, you found something that you were passionate about and that this nurse helped you out. I love that so much because, you know, even though you're passionate about something, sometimes it takes a little bit of a push, right? It It takes a little bit of, um, not convincing, but hard work. Like it didn't just happen overnight. Right. No, so no. once you decided to start with the poetry, what? how did it take off? Like, what happened after that? Well, I went to my first poetry reading, and I did my first piece, and then I went to the workshop they had at the venue, started writing poems, sent one off to India, got it published. That was my first publication. And then I went... And then I found out about the poetry circuit and went to literally every open mic in Southern California over a period of three years. Wow. I, <laughs> I got some serious mentors, including Jack Michelin, S.A. Griffin, Marilyn M. Murphy, late Linda Botano, and a number of major California poets who uh, 
helped me out. And I performed with Malcolm Jamal Warner, Steve Martin, Nikki Giovanni, and all these other uh, major poets. So, Wow. Congratulations. Nice. What made you want to change? What made you want to turn that into now teaching other people how to do this? Well, a lot of people say, oh, my God, how did you do that? <laughs> so uh, you've done so much. How did you do it? So I've started sharing my knowledge of how I did it and helping other people. Hmm. I love that. So how does it feel at the end of the day to look back on all these years? Because I know you've had, is it 17 years or so? that you've Since been 1999, it's 2023 now, uh, somewhere around <laughs> 24 years. <laughs> That's amazing. Looking back at that time, like at the end of the day, you're finished your day and you're, you know, you're sitting there with yourself and your thoughts. How does it tell us how it really feels to do what you love and be so good at it. Like, how does it make you feel about yourself and about your life? Well, like most artists, I'm my own worst critic. <laughs> I don't like most of the poetry I sell, but I've got a way to fight that. You know, my work has been used as a college text at a university out here who has a professor who was bigger than poetry community. He liked my work. He put it in his classroom and taught it to his students. So I know my books have been used for college at least one other than me teaching. <laughs> and I've sold a number of books. So I go, who am I going to believe? My own opinion of my work or the, <laughs> the people I've got to uh, paid for my books and use my stuff as college cash. <laughs> it's true. We're our worst critics. You're absolutely right. I don't know why we do that to ourselves, but doesn't it feel good, like at the end of the day, to say, you know, it's not really how good you think you are, you are you are at something; it's how good it makes you feel while you're doing it. Like it would be terrible if you were doing something you hated to do. Yeah. Like what a different life it would be, right? Definitely. So, what what advice would you have for somebody who is kind of like? Afraid to take, you know, afraid to take that first step if they want to be a poet or if they want to write an autobiography or, you know, whether it's or doing something artistic or just believing in something that they know they can do to the best of their ability. What would be like, what would you say to them to get them started? <laughs> like, how did you do well, it? Well, what got me started was my life literally depended on it. My reason for living was to get the material out to the people. Mm. Yeah. And what I had to stop that and say, okay, I got it out. My mission's been accomplished. Now what do I do? So I found that, that I, over time that it got easier and easier and easier and I grew to love it. So the first step is to make it your absolute passion. You cannot live without doing this. Hmm. And I love that so much because some people come to me and they're like, but I don't know what I'm good at. You know, don't you think you kind of have to go with what you feel? Sometimes it's not right there in front of us. Yeah, you definitely have to go with what you feel. A lot of people subdue their dreams for the sake of pleasing their families, their significant others, their uh, boss or what have you. 
if you do that, you will not have a nice life. I'm sorry to say it so bluntly, but no, if you I'm... do your dreams, you won't have a nice life. And it's not to say you won't have money and you won't have this and you won't have that, but you're not going to be happy. Yeah. And we have to measure our life on that, not on what we get out of it, right? Right. But I think you're a great example of having both. You can be successful and love what you do. So that's why I'm so happy that you're here to talk to us today. Because I think a lot of people shy away from that, like you said, because of their family or their friends. And if people don't believe in you, it's hard to believe in yourself. Did you have people support you? Yes, I had a lot of support. That's good. And now you're the support for other people. Yep. Like Peter. <laughs> so, Peter, how have you been? I'm doing very well now. Yeah, so much better since August. So I feel great now. Thank oh, I'm you. glad. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Do you want to tell people, because I know you love what you do as well. Do you want to tell people a little bit about your past, about your history? Sure. Sure. So as we know, childhood trauma can cause a lot of things to go awry and turn out unfavorable. A lot of people have to identify what was the triggers that causes present hurt. So to identify those past traumas is important. For instance, my dad physically hurt me, knocked me out two times, one when I was three years old. And again, at nine years old, when he threw me against the garage door and I just slipped to the ground and was knocked out. And he just left me alone after that. Luckily, he didn't touch my bro younger brother, 16 months younger. And then my mom had to belt me one time over and over again for what I did. So the iron fist was used and it wasn't spoiled the child. It was had to be used in their upbringing and my upbringing. And then I had two brothers that raised me to wrestle and box like like professional box, a professional wrestler. So I had all this getting ready for a very uptight type, sad world. So my mindset was prepare yourself to fight and not flight. It was always fight. Mm. So the bullying at home turned out to be in, yes, I got bullied at the playground when I got kicked to the ground. Yes, the four eyes and everything I heard growing up in, in school happened. And at the same time, I learned that after that one incident in the playground, I said to myself, I'll never let that happen to me again. I will never be a victim like that again. So I chose to either stand up to the bully by physically fighting them, or at times I would have to threaten them. And that was in middle school, high school, and college. So I, I've been constantly been a fighter, and I've had to learn techniques to bring peace to myself. I trained my mind using some of the best teachers on the planet, including like Tony Robbins. I'm currently learning from Peter Sage from the United Kingdom. I've already learned from Paul McKenna, uh, Marissa Peer. Uh, there's a number of other people, everything from hypnotherapist, NLP specialist to rewire my belief system to now find peace. Mm. And I can do it like this. The thing is, I've been in the hospital nine times in my lifetime, mental hospitals, 
over the years. So you would think you could go down a path and go down to a different road at some point at any time. And I haven't been able to figure out this stuff yet. But what happened was in August, I tried to commit suicide. All right, I was on a, a shot of medicine that I didn't know even how much they were putting in my arm. And then I was taking two other medications that literally caused me to overdose on pills. All right. And luckily, I went a whole night with this in my system. And the fire truck and ambulance took me away the next day to the emergency department. I had advocated for myself in the emergency department and said, you know what? I need to get off the medicine you have me on now. And I need to go on medicine that had 29 years of recovery. As we know from my story, I taught for over 22 years and was a sports coach of 20 seasons of football, basketball, lacrosse, and soccer. So giving does start from giving of your unique gifts to the world. And you have to find it out. You have to know what you're passionate about. So you know now I'm a passion test facilitator. And I help you. A lot of people don't even realize, Nelia, there are all these categories of life. Eight. Some people say there's eight categories. Um, Lifebook says there's 12. I think there's like eight, but it could be 12, let's say. <laughs> anyway, until you see the wheel of life and realize and acknowledge that there's other categories of life, a lot of people are on relationships, health, wealth, but there's so much more. You know, what do you do for play? What do you do for spirituality? These are not looked at to make you a complete person. So yeah. when I take people through the passion test and they score their passions of what it looks like right now, you see zeros because mm -hmm. they didn't even notice that was part of their life. And to be able, yeah, and to be able to discover what those are and then turn them into your life's work, like both of you have, it just honestly, it does make you more of a complete, right? It does bring things full circle. And now you guys are both helping other people find their passion and their voice through poetry, through writing, through, you know, through advocating for themselves. And that's why I love this so much. I really do want to drive home the fact that you are worth taking the time to figure these things out, figure out what you love. Because like Laurence was saying, that helped him out of a year of depression. That's huge. I don't know if you, you know, if the listeners, people that are listening right now have ever felt depressed. It's not just a feeling of sadness. You know, if you have never truly been depressed, clinically depressed, you may not know exactly how it feels, how alone it feels, how desperate it feels. And not a lot of things can take us out of that. Not a lot of things can take us out of the mindset, Peter, when you're in hospital, because you do have schizophrenia managed schizophrenia and people just don't realize how hard it is to to overcome some of these things and just to learn to manage with them because they will always be a part of us but they don't define who we are right so that's why today I was really happy to speak about this topic because you guys are both textbook examples and amazing examples of when you take the time, despite what you, life has been given you, um, you know, with Laurence and all these accidents and, you know, he said it like it was, it was nothing, but even one accident can set you so far back. And it's just, 
it's just amazing what a human being can overcome once they really do the work and find something that means something to them. And this isn't an easy thing. You know, we're talking about it today, like, yeah, this, this is what we did, but it's a tough road, but it can be done. Like both of you are prime examples of that. And I think it's fantastic. The work that you're doing now, you know, I know that for, with Laurence too, he's got like a six step process that he helps people with their writing and he didn't need to create that, you know, but he did. And he did it because of how much he loves it, how much he knows it can help people get their voice out, get their message out, even start a business. You know, it can really change somebody's life. And the same for you, Peter. So where do you guys think you would be had you not followed through with, with these things that you're passionate about? Dead. Yeah. Dead. Wow. So powerful to hear you say that without even hesitating because you know, right. It's so. Yeah. Like I, I did not live those, those things, you know, but I have my own struggles and my own adversity. And I know that without giving to others and without finding things that I'm passionate about, I don't know where I would be either. And so I'm, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's so much I want to say, you guys, but you're hitting me like right here. Like I just, we could talk about all the business part of it and we could talk about all, you know, all of these steps and what we need to do. But if people could just do the first step, if we could listen to Laurence's story, they could listen to, go back and listen to Peter's full story and reach out to them. You know, if you're having a hard time starting up, starting up with your poetry and, I mean, he's got, okay, we have to talk about your, you know, your six steps, okay? <laughs> if you're okay with that. Okay, so Laurence, can you tell us how you can help people? Because I need people to be as happy as you are with getting their work out to the world. So what can we do? What can we say sure. to people? Well, my process is called the Multiplex Ascent System. It starts with concept. We get absolutely crystal clear on what it is you want to do and what it's going to take to get there. Most clients want to write books. Well, a book can be anything from two pieces of paper stapled together to a 10,000 page novel. What do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the next step is first draft. We, you know, you don't necessarily write a draft of the book, but we write a poem, we write a sentence, we write a thing. We get something down to be able to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to work with. And then we take it to somewhere to get it published or get it out there. If it's just a poem or two pieces of paper, we take it as a broadside, which is basically a sh one sheet off the printer and stuff. And we actually go to open mics and try to sell it. Cool. Third step is review. Did it work? Do you want to continue and do does this work for you? Fourth step is production model. We actually get the book itself. It can take as long as a year or two to get the book written. And we actually get that on the market. We set up a promotion campaign and get the, finally get it out on the market. And those are the six steps. Okay. So do you actually help people like edit their work or just? I'm not an editor. I'm a promoter. Okay. Perfect. 
I, I have to... people. Yeah, I have people who I did. There's a lot of people who do it better than I do that I can refer them to. And I'd rather do that than try to do it myself. <laughs> to be honest with you, I want you to have the best uh, you can get. So that's awesome. I, yeah, I happen to work with a group of organizations that are all university professors. They taught at Southern University of Buffalo, University of New York, all this stuff. And instead of getting a hundred thousand dollar bill to study from one of them, you get them all for twenty bucks a year. <laughs> <laughs> do you help people if let's say they already have a book but they want to promote would yes. you do that as well yes okay great that would be we the, that's concept one you gotta get this book out to as many people as possible well how many people is that Two hundred thousand, five thousand. right uh, we absolutely get crystal the first step is to get absolutely crystal clear on what you want to do because that's sometimes the hardest step because people don't know yeah so that's that's very helpful. So if somebody wants to publish, um, but maybe they don't want to do it, maybe they want to speak about their poetry and and, mm -hmm. and do that. Can could you offer that as well? Where you get absolutely. I'm a performance poet myself. The books are secondary. I I go to uh, various events. I'm best known for the technique called instant poetry, just add words, which is the title of my book. I basically take a title out of the audience and build a poem on it within 30 seconds or less. Wow. That's kind of my stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I know the audience can't see you, but you have been smiling through this whole interview, which just goes to show how much you love this, right? Because who like, if, you know, sometimes people say, oh, what do you do? And if you hate what you do, I don't really see people smiling and talking about what it is that they do. <laughs> You've got to be pretty happy to, to stick with something for as long as you have and actually make a living out of it because it's yeah. not easy. No. You know, that's awesome. Is there anything, Laurence, that you want us to know about you that we haven't talked about today? Uh, let's see that I want to know. I'm a kind hearted person. I know I look mean, but I'm very kind-hearted. I'm a bit of a teddy bear. Uh, and I'm happy to help. That's awesome. I love it. And how did you and Peter meet? You want to tell this one, Peter, or you want me to? Well, I want to say Larry is a professional. Laughing Larry. Talk about that real quick, Larry. Laughing Larry. Well, Laughing Larry is a character identity I created. I am to Laughing Larry what Walt Disney was to Mickey Mouse. But it's given me some celebrity status, which uh, I do endorsement deals and stuff like that. So that's phenomenal. I'll have to check some of that out. I've got to put all the links in the show notes so people can can learn a bit about you. That's great. The way Laurence and I met was that we had a professional networking called Rochester Professional Consulting Network. So we were both trained as consultants at, in this organization. We met on one of the Friday meetings. And we've been friends, we are friends, coach, and mentor, reciprocal coaching and all that for the last, what is it, about six years now, Larry? Roughly. Laurence, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's great, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I can see how your personalities would, would just hit it off. That's great. And Peter, what would you say, what would be your first step to somebody who doesn't feel like they have skills, like they have something to offer the world? And they're maybe feeling 
like nobody is listening and nobody cares about them and they're being beat up at the schoolyard. And how do people go from that feeling of heaviness to figuring out what they love and doing that for the rest of their lives? Well, they have to realize they're one in 40 million chance of even being alive. Mm -hmm. They beat the biggest race of the world, which was when mom and dad conceived you. And you are a miracle in the eyes of your parents, at least, or many more. And you have to validate yourself and say, you know what? Because I'm a miracle, I have to sort of figure out my purpose in life because there's a purpose for everybody's life. For me, hell on earth is addictions, mm. okay? It's a, it's a complete addiction where you don't mind a the, the next needle being the end of your life. That right there, or alcohol or drugs, where you think that the next one is going to end you up in prison, insanity, or death. So those are not good outcomes for a disease of uh, an addiction is. So the opposite of it is finding heaven on earth. If you do the Our Father, heaven on earth. So how do you achieve heaven on earth is doing what we're doing right now, for instance. I'd rather be doing nothing else in the world than being with Laurence and Nelia on this podcast right now. So what you need to do is constantly figure out in the moment, by moment, what tickles your fancy to the point where it gives you purpose, mm -hmm. passion, and self-love. And one of the things, Nellie, I'm offering the next three weeks an eight-hour class that takes you from the passion test three hours to four hours of mastery self-love. I was trained personally by Janet Prayawood, the author of The Passion Test, The Effortless Journey to Life's Purpose. Okay. I'm doing that for free for the next three Saturdays for the first hundred participants that sign up. If you friend me on Facebook, okay, in the next three weeks, Saturdays, we probably won't get it out before then, but the next two Saturdays after this, it will be just an amazing opportunity to literally in eight hours be loved by me, people there. And it's so interactive that it's going to be just one big love bubble. I would love I to be there. Yeah. Thank you. I love that so much. And we'll put the link. That's very, very generous of you. I think it's going to be an eye opener and people don't realize, but when you love what you do and you love what, who you are and you can look all these non-believers in the face and say, hey, you know, I've made it despite what you think, despite you not being there, despite you holding me down. And now I'm teaching other people. So not only do you, both of you manage all of those things, but you're also taking that one step further and now impacting all of these other people. So for example, somebody will take the passion test and they might become a facilitator. So they will continue that. Or somebody might take it and their whole life will change. You don't know down the line how many people you guys are affecting. You don't know maybe the person who's decided, hey, I've got a message to tell and I want to get my book out there. Maybe that person felt voiceless for years. And until they connected with somebody like Larry, maybe they didn't feel they could do it. Sometimes the people that support us are the most are strangers that we meet. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I want people to really know that give themselves a chance and an opportunity to get out of their comfort zone. Because I know it was probably scary for both of you too. like, you don't go from being depressed to being this, you know, someone who's created all of these wonderful books overnight. Right. Like, I'm sure you had obstacles and challenges and days where you didn't feel like doing it. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's not yeah. easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy. I've, I've been blessed to have some solid mentors and some pretty heavyweight people in my life that have taught me how to do what I do and how to make my life out of it. Not just a living, but my life. Mm-hmm. And you saw the value in that. So now you're doing that for other people. That is one of the things that I respect the most. And I say that a lot on this show because I only bring on guests that I feel are paying it forward. And I do respect that because our journeys usually do start, no matter who I interview, they usually do start from a place of us needing something. There's a void for ourselves. And then everybody finds a different thing. Like, I think I've interviewed about 150 people now, if not more, and everybody has a different story, but it all comes from a need. And then at the end of that, most of them turn around and help others with the same thing. And isn't that what life and love is really all about? Mm -hmm. uh, Damon Johns over at Shark Tank calls it the three M's. First you make it, then you mentor it. Excuse me. First you make it, then you master it, then you mentor it. You know, I haven't heard that before. I love that. Mm -hmm. So first you say it again. Sorry. First you make it. Yes. Then you master it. Yes. Then you mentor it. I love that so much. Love Damon John. He's amazing. <sighs> wow. So where can we find you? Where can we learn more? Where can people reach out to you guys if they're struggling and they just want to start this new chapter <laughs> well i'm on linkedin i'm on facebook uh i'm totally googleable if you uh google lawrence Berger poet uh you'll get like five pages of information on me <laughs> uh and because you're a good promoter yeah <laughs> And my book's publicly available. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, bookshop.org, you know, wherever books are sold all around the world. So that's awesome. And you do speaking gigs as well? Yes, I do. Is it just in the States or do you ever come down here to Canada? I've been reaching out internationally over Zoom. Cool. And I'm. I'm in New York, so I've got a real driver's license so I can go to Canada. <laughs> and, uh, we should all get together and have dinner one night. Yeah. <laughs> We're not really that far from each other. <laughs> no, not at all. So, Peter, where can we find you? You can find me at my email at pburkin, B-U-R-K-I-N, at gmail.com, and Facebook, and mention Nellie either in the subject in the email or in Facebook, just say Nellie's podcast would be nice and messenger. And I will definitely send you a link to the two trainings that will probably be posted in later in January for free of the eight-hour workshop. So just mention Nelia, and I'd love to make friends with you. That's awesome. And do the passion test. This podcast episode is going to come out on the 16th of January. So I think we'll have the two weeks still that people can sign up. So that, that'll be amazing. 
Is there anything you guys want to tell my listeners today before we go? I would say I love you <laughs> to anyone that reached out to me because I use Ho'oponopono and I use those four lines in everything I do because it's healing. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And the more we can start interweaving that in our lives, that's an Hawaiian prayer of self-forgiveness, the more we're going to start saving our own belief about ourselves. Because we have to forgive ourselves first, Nelia, before we can forgive people in the past that have hurt us. We have to forgive ourselves and realize that if you're not going to make the mistake again, then forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. Just unconditionally forgive yourself. And accept, too, radical acceptance, radical forgiveness of things that have happened to you and learn and grow from them so you can achieve even bigger greatness based on what you what you learn and grow from. And three things I would say. You need to be of service, you need to be structure, and you need to learn and grow to figure out the mysteries of life aren't so mysterious when there's success principles and laws of the universe out there that govern everything. You just got to keep your ego in check enough and be humble enough to accept that you are a unique being here on earth to make a, a, a huge impact on people. But please do your best to get reach out for help. Go to Alcoholics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, NA. Please go into those rooms, those brothers, sisters. You know, I'm not supposed to market that stuff, so I shouldn't go there. Okay. I'm not supposed to market but that. But you know what? It's But that's so outdated though, Nelia. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That stuff is so, so outdated. Powerful. Those guys wrote those books in the 1950s or whatever. You know, and we had that anger management a movie with Adam Sandler, which was basically a 12-step thing. It's 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 almost shameful that we're not able to market how brothers and sisters and the higher power of your understanding are saving lives. Mm. And it's a, it's the most, and they call it a cult and stuff like that around here sometimes. It's like it's saving lives. I got my meeting tomorrow. I, I just love being around that fellowship. And we're not supposed to market it. It's only based on attraction rather than marketing. Mm -hmm. It's a shame. It really is. And mm -hmm. I, if I had any influence in the world, that would be one thing I would work on. In uh, one anger group I'd like to start, besides anger management group, would be negative management group. <laughs> yes. Uh, to eliminate yeah. negative thinking, because negative thinking elicits a visual picture in your brain before even the feeling and emotion, mm. okay? Before you say your words and take action, there's a feeling that goes along with that. And once you change your thoughts, you will change your results without a question. And then the other thing that goes along with that is this is years of rework in my brain from going from total negativity and very angry to now seeing every moment as a blessing and a miracle. And one other thing too, is I got trained by Christian Michelson here in the States to be a miracle worker, to be a miracle worker. He bestowed upon me ultra high frequency healing hands for one, a miracle breath, and it's funny, I always kid, but it's not really kidding. 
I do this and I, I sometimes I'll, I'll kid around and it's like taking a hit of pot or something, but that's just between you and I. And then, <laughs> and then the other thing is the peace process, the peace process, because for every thought you have a feeling and energy that goes in your body, it could go in your heart, your crown chakra in the brain. It could be in your throat, in your back. Because when I bring something up about relationships, health, or wealth, it will settle energetically somewhere in your body. And within minutes or more, I can bring peace in that region. So when, for instance, as an example, I just did it to a friend today at a restaurant here in Rochester, a home with a, the garbage plate, by the way, <laughs> the world's first garbage plate place. And what happened, Nelia, was this. He had a nine out of 10 in his heart when it came to his relationship. He's at peace now. And it just took me minutes, minutes like that. It's like a Tony Robbins type mm -hmm. NLP, hypnosis, whatever modality you love to get nervous system change. I know that and Larry smile, Lawrence's smile. <laughs> it can literally bring peace and so if I bring up now his relationship, he will not stress. So now when he's in that relationship and the experience that he's having, he's going to be more at peace from this point on too. Yeah. That's, that's very powerful too. And your message about, you know, how you're, you are so important and reach out for help. I'm just going back to that for a second, because so many of us um, don't believe that about ourselves. And so we're like, well, Am I really worth getting help? And so I appreciate you saying that and and driving that home because we were all worth it and we are all worth um, learning more about ourselves for sure. Yeah. Laurence, is there anything you want to end with? Yeah, uh, I'm going to make another quote. Peter likes Tony Robbins. I'm a I'm in the Les Brown. He's my favorite poet. And his th big thing is you have greatness within you. Mm. That's the, that's the quote I would leave it. You have greatness within you. Thank you so much. And we all just need to remember to give ourselves permission to figure out what that is. Uh -huh. And it's okay if we don't know yet. It's okay. The discovery is half the fun, right? Definitely. I am so happy that you guys came here today. Thank you so much for being a part of my community and uh, check out Peter's previous episodes. And uh, I'm going to put all of the links here. You guys can connect with Laurence, with Peter and with me. And if there's anything you are missing from the show and like to hear about, please reach out to me at hello at NeliaHut.com. If you are one of those people who do not know what you like to do, what you're passionate about, what your interests are, what you're good at. If you think you're not good at anything, you're wrong. <laughs> reach out to me, reach out to Peter, reach out to Laurence. We can help you figure these things out. So I can't wait to bring this out on air on the 16th. Thank you everyone again for listening to the Giving Starts With You podcast. <laughs>